0: Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Today on the show, my friend Katie Davis Majors joins me and We have a conversation today about anxiety and finding peace. And in the midst of everything life throws at us, how do we find that peace? Like, how do we find it? Katie shares some of her anxiety, which meant moving her family from Uganda, where they had lived for most of their lives, some of them all of their lives, back to the United States. And with that move brought a lot of change and uncertainty, which also brought a lot of anxiety to her. And she shares today what she did to get through that. I love it because we talk about practically some of the things that she did, which I think that's what we want. Tell me practically some of the things to do. Katie has a book that comes out next week. It's called Safe All Along, Trading Our Fears and Anxiety for God's Unshakable Peace. It comes out next Tuesday. Check that out wherever you buy books. All right, friends, here's my conversation with Katie. Katie, welcome back to the happy hour. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I want to set the stage for just a second for everyone to know is that first of all, I need to tell them that you've been on the happy hour before. So if you want to go back and listen, it's episode number 208. And today is episode 573. So it's been a hot minute, but you have wow. been on here before. But I also need to set the stage because I like to keep it real is that I woke up this morning and I went to my office and and I started to get ready. And then I realized, oh my gosh, there's no internet in my office. So I had to come back home. And now I'm in Erin's office at our house. And then I was like looking at my calendar. I'm like, oh, yay. I'm talking to my friend Katie today. This is awesome. And then I was like, wait, I haven't seen her book. I haven't done this. I was like, Jamie. So I felt so far behind. But I texted you and I said, hey, you want to come on and we can just see what happens? And you said, yes. So Absolutely, here we are. I'm here for it it's fun because I like to pride myself in like being prepared and reading everyone's books and I'm just not prepared today, but this is real
1: life. This is real life. I am so okay with that. I also am in my bedroom, so I usually do this from my husband's office and we switch out, but it's spring break. Things are a little crazy. Kids are moving around. It was just, this is how it is today.
0: Well, this is why I love this and you so much because we can do this. Now, before we jump in, I want you to introduce yourself to all of the listeners.
1: Okay. I am Katie Davis Majors. I have 15 kids, but only six of them still at home. Um, they are so much fun. And my husband and I, I guess what we're kind of well known for is we were missionaries overseas in Uganda for about 15 years. We just moved back to the States about a year ago. And I love writing books and I just wrote a new one. You just read a new book that actually comes out next week. It's called Safe All
0: Along, Trading Our Fears and Anxieties for God's Unshakable Peace. comes out next week, and I also cannot wait to read it. I already told you, full disclosure, I haven't read it yet, so I'm so excited. But I want to say this. I didn't even budge when you said you have 15 kids, but I think our listeners might have budged a little bit. So <laughs> if you listen to episode 208, she explains it all, but we'll just cover that real quick. Cover our bases before we okay. jump in. How do you have 15 kids, Katie?
1: Sure. So... um. Thirteen of our kids are adopted, and they are sibling sets. So, so that that's kind of how we got to so many so quickly. But they are all you. They are all adopted from Uganda, where my husband and I lived for so long.
0: Okay, we clear the air so everyone knows what's going on. And there, so there's all that. I want to ask you. I know that you guys just moved back to the states after living in Uganda for many, many, many years, and um, I would imagine that there have been some difficulties with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could think of just uprooting your whole family, uh, your children who were born in Uganda, it's more of an uproot for them. And so can you take me back to this process of you guys coming back to the States? Why? And then how have you dealt with that emotionally along the way of having to just completely change your entire life?
1: Yeah. You know, it was, it was so many different things and it was, it was pretty unexpected for us. I really would have very strongly said, um, no, we'll live in Uganda forever. Like, this is where we live. This is where we've done all the things. We got married there. We had our babies there. I mean, um Our house was there, obviously. So it was pretty unexpected, but we had just had a lot of different family things going on that we had been kind of like traveling back and forth because of. And COVID had been really hard. Uganda shut the borders for longer than any other country. And so nobody could get in. Nobody could get out. We had adult kids who had already moved over to the United States to go to college. And so we just felt really separated and really disjointed. And we were here on what we thought was going to be A three week trip, and just really, really felt that the Lord was saying to both of us that we were supposed to stay. And so we didn't know how long that was going to be. I mean, I really thought, like, okay, Lord, we'll stay for six months. Um, And then six months turned into a year. And now uh, we've kind of settled down in the Nashville area. And um, it's slowly becoming our new normal, but it was a really, really hard transition.
0: I can imagine how that would be super hard. I think all transitions, obviously, this is like the dumbest statement I've ever said. Transitions are hard. They just literally are. It's it's just is what it is. But you were changing so much for you as a mom, also trying to help your kids adjust, trying to help yourself adjust, also dealing with other, you know, medical issues. You write in this book about, you know, fears and anxieties. What did that look like for you during that season of life?
1: Whoo. You know, it's, uh, the Lord has a sense of humor because I had, had the idea for this book and like, ooh, I'm going to write a book about God's peace and what it looks like to walk in God's peace. I had started that process before we moved. Wow. And then we moved and my anxiety just I mean, ramped in a way that it has never, I've never had anxiety like this before. But I think, um, you know, I moved to Uganda when I was 18. It was the first place I lived outside of my parents' home. And so in a lot of ways, I grew up there. I, like, I grew into adulthood there. And so all mm-hmm. the things that you know how to do as an adult, whether it's pay your water bill or buy your groceries or get your oil changed, like I knew how to do those things in a completely different Context. And so yeah. moving here after 15 years as an adult, as a married woman, as a mom, I'd never lived in America as a, any of a those married categories. woman or a mom right. or an adult. Yeah. I mean, I had to like relearn to drive on the correct side of the road here. Yeah. And uh-huh. so I felt like I didn't feel like I was coming back to my home culture. I felt like I was moving to a completely foreign culture. And then on top of that, all my kids, obviously, were born and yeah. raised in Uganda. So on top of that, having to kind of shepherd them through, you know, what this new transition looked like. And so many days I was, like, saying to my kids, like, it's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. But in my head I was like, Lord, I don't know if we're going to be okay. And so – um, my anxiety really increased in that and then i felt like the pace of life here is just really different than it was in uganda it felt like everyone and everything was moving so fast and there were there were just like these giant expectations on what life could or should look like um and just all of those things fueled in me this feeling like i i needed to keep up and i wasn't enough and i wasn't doing enough and um yeah, so funny. So then I actually went back to my publisher and was like, you know what? Actually, <laughs> uh, no, I can't. I can't write that book. But I had a really good friend to me of mine say to me at the time, like, you know, I don't think people always want to learn from an expert. I think mm. sometimes they want to know that somebody's walking through it with them. And so this book is like about to release into the world, and I find it a little bit funny because. You know, I am not an expert on this right. at all. Like, I am still very much trying to figure it out, but it was really sweet of the Lord to allow me to write it and, and uh, allow me to kind of process through what I was learning in my own anxiety and what it looked like to really find peace in him.
0: your story is unique to you, obviously, but we all have our own unique stories as to what could cause us to have anxiety, whether that would be long-term anxiety or situational anxiety, whatever it might be. But even though we all have these unique scenarios and these unique unique life experiences, there is something really like foundationally true that we can all stand on. And I would imagine that's what you wrote about in the book about what makes you feel safe, That there is that for us. I would love for you to talk to us about what are some of the, like, what are some practical things that you're like, okay, practically, here's what I do guys to help me when I'm feeling anxious. What does that look like for you? Yes.
1: Absolutely, and I, I like to have practical things because I as, do too, Like, tell me as what a to mom do. <laughs> and a wife and a busy person, like I don't always have time to implement like a whole five step thing, but but little practices that I can go back to throughout my day are very very helpful. Um, God gave me like such a cool picture when I first started writing this book. And I had come out of, my anxiety had already started increasing while we were still living in Uganda because we just had like several kind of life altering situations happen back to back to back. And my husband and I were both traveling back and forth to the United States more than we were used to and kind of tag teaming the kids. And it was, I mean, even as I said out loud, it was like a little disastrous, honestly. (laughs) It was a lot. Um, But during like the COVID season, we finally got all our kids, or almost all of our kids who were living in the US back home. And we decided to go on this family camping trip. And while we were there, one of my older daughters and I jumped in the river to swim and we got stuck in like a in a rapid in the Nile River. Wait, time out, time out, time out, time out,
0: time out, time out, time out, Katie. (laughs) I have been to Uganda. Mm -hmm. I have seen the Nile. It is not like what I would imagine a little river here in central Texas that we might jump off of a rope swim to. This is massive. Am I right?
1: Yes, it is massive. Also, aren't there like animals that eat you in the Nile, <laughs> baby? I'm like getting anxious just thinking about this. <gasps> They're occasionally, yes, they will occasionally catch like an alligator. Okay. First crocodile. of all, it's an occasion- there. if
0: there's an occasional catch of a crocodile, I'm out. But you, okay, I can't wait to hear the story because I'm on pins and needles. Okay, go ahead.
1: Okay. So, I mean, anyway, yes, it's it's a little funny, but- there's not, like, a ton of, like, entertainment or things to do. So our family pretty frequently, like, that's, like, a family fun activity. We go to this spot on the river, and we paddleboard, and we kayak. And, I mean, my daughter was an adult at this point. Like, she's a strong swimmer. We wear life vests. We don't go if they've recently spotted a crocodile. Then, you know, then you're not allowed to swim for a little Listen, while. they while maybe they're I –
0: I am not by any means saying that you did anything wrong. I'm saying I am a scaredy cat. Because when I was in Uganda, plenty of people told me how they swam in that. And I was like, nope, not me. So carry on. You you are a very, very strong woman is what I'm trying to say.
1: Well... In this scenario, I it might have been a little bit foolish, but we thought we were fine. We got into swim. We got kind of stuck in the current. And long story short, I mean, like mother's worst nightmare, I was able mm-hmm. to finally like claw myself up onto the shore just in time to watch our daughter go around the corner where I couldn't see her anymore. Oh my gosh, Katie. And it felt, I mean, it felt like such a visual of what my life had been like for the last couple years, just like again and again and again being reminded, like, I have no control
0: mm.
1: and like, like I can't, I can't keep her safe. Um, mm. And so I was crying and I was praying and she's fine. Or I would probably not have written this story in a book, right? She's okay. She ended up getting out a little bit further down and she kind of came back up on the shore and ran back around to where I was and the rest of our family who had seen it happen from like far away came to make sure we were okay um, and they were like they were all all my kids were like totally nonchalant about it they were like ah that was funny mom okay we're not going to swim here anymore and they like went back to play cards but i like when i got to my husband i was distraught i was like oh my gosh i thought i lost her you know i thought i thought she was going to die just sobbing and sobbing And after I kind of got all that out of my system, he was like, Hey, why don't, like, come here. I'm going to show you something. And he took me, we walked like up on this hill where you could see the river from just like a totally different perspective. We were way up high and we could see the whole thing and we could see, you know. It looked small, like all the twists and turns and all the places. There was a little island that she could have swam over to and gotten out. And there was another little bay where the water got still again, where she would have been safe. And there were some Mm. fishermen that could have helped her. Um, And he just said like, yeah, you know, look, I knew you guys would get out eventually. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, I thought we were dead. Um, But it was such a clear picture to me of – oh my goodness, for the last several years of my life and so often in our lives, like no matter what this scenario is, we can only see from like our one mm. little perspective. And so yeah. we're in the rapids and it looks totally scary and totally chaotic and totally dangerous, but God sees it from mm. a different perspective. He sees whole picture and he sees the parts that are going to be terrible and crazy. And he sees the parts like where he's going to give us rest and joy. And so that was such a clear picture to me. And I just started asking myself the question, okay, how do I live? Like, I know that this is true because like Mm. in my head, I can see this picture and like, I can say the words Of like, yeah, this is what it looks like from God's perspective. He knows I'm always safe. But I'm not like my heart, my mind, my body. I'm not living as Mm -hmm. if that is true. And so what does it look like to actually walk that out? And so in the book, I give 10 practices. I'm sure there are 40 that you could add into your life. But I give 10 that have been super helpful to me. And like the number one that I go back to over and over and over again is memorizing scripture and spending time Mm -hmm. in his word. And it Mm -hmm. sounds like so super simple, but I cannot tell you, I mean, my anxiety is so in my mind, you know, I'm like, I think any, any woman, especially any mother can relate to like nothing's happening. You just have some free time. You start thinking about how much you love your kids. Within like three whole minutes, you have created some disastrous scenario that isn't happening, probably isn't gonna happen. And you're like crying trying to think through the solution for like how you're gonna save your kid from this danger that they are not in right and so you're reading my mail katie this is my <laughs> entire life <laughs> yes it's, it can be mine too you know or i'm like rehearsing over and over and over this difficult conversation that i have to have in a couple of days instead of just asking like god what would you have me say
0: mm-hmm. in that
1: conversation and what i've found is the more i memorize scripture the more i spend time with him and his word then i can like i have to make a conscious effort to interrupt those thoughts like as mm-hmm. that starts to happen like i feel it i see it when my mind is starting to go in this spiral and like to stop and go like okay lord would you tell me what you think about that you know mm-hmm. god are you afraid about this are you worried mm-hmm. are you anxious no okay tell me what you think. Tell me what mm-hmm. you want me to do. And like the more of his word I have stored away, the more readily it comes to the surface then as I ask God to speak to me. And so that that has been huge to me. And And That's just good. like simultaneously, like it goes with that, but just making conversation with God such a much bigger part of my day. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be relegated to this like in the morning, little quiet time for 30 minutes. Like, no, I need to talk to God throughout my day, all day long. I need to be asking him, like, what do you think? What are you doing here? What do you see? What do you want to tell me? Um, and so those are two, like, really, really simple ones. And I just sometimes, like, you know, if you're listening to this and you have not memorized scripture, Psalm 91 has been, like, such a lifesaver to me. Is I, I just, like, when I start to feel anxious, I can just like call it to mind and start saying it over and over and over again and I can feel like my whole body just start to calm down and start to release it.
0: One of the things that when you made me think about when you say that is, you know, I I joke but I'm super serious that the worst case scenario is where I live a lot of my life. And and I am so much, but I can joke about a lot, but I can honestly say like, God has helped me so much in this area that I've had so much growth. But one thing for me is like when I start getting into those, like imagining the worst things that could happen, you know, like I'll give you an example right now. One of my kids is on spring break with another friend and their family. And so he's not with me. I don't have him. I don't know where he is every minute, which welcome to teenage parenting life. I don't know where he is every minute, all these things. And I could go down a really big rabbit trail of what could be happening. And I just remind myself, like, God says, like, think on what is true, you know? Mm. And what I know is true is that he's safe. Like, I don't, I have no reason to believe that he's not. What I know is it true is that I trust the family that he's with. I have no reason. And so, like, for me, it's like, what is true about the scenario? Because oftentimes I'm thinking about the things that aren't actually true. I just make right. them up. They're just... Yes it could happen and that's not good for our brains so that's one thing I was thinking of and then there's a second thing you said
1: oh do you know Alicia Britt Choli you know what I'm just reading her um Lent devotion (gasps) I'm reading it too yeah right yeah I'm loving it
0: it's so you will love her I hope that you get to meet her someday she was on my show recently but I got to meet her a couple months ago with our mutual friend Tiffany Daniels and she would constantly talk about Jesus like this are you ready Katie She would just be talking about something, and she's she would be like, "Yeah, we're gonna be doing this next thing," and I'd be like, "Who?" and she's like, "Well, me and Jesus." Like she, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, like she continued. When you talked about that conversation, it reminded me of how she
1: talked Mm. about God.
0: I mean, she literally talked about like we all the time, and I was so like enamored with it, and just like. I want that, Jesus. I want to talk about you and me like that. That's like what you're talking about.
1: That's I love that. That's so beautiful. So we're going to do this. Who? Me and Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, and so convicting, right? Because I think so often like, yeah, okay, we know that God is doing it with us, but we don't like we don't really think that because we're not really talking about it in the sense of we, we're talking about it in the sense of I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to do this. And so, um, how easily we forget that, like, we aren't going it alone.
0: So true. So true. And I think that is so helpful for us. One of the things that you mentioned a couple of minutes ago that kind of caught my attention only because I think I just saw you talking about this on Instagram recently, you talked about (laughs) the life in the U S acclimate acclimating to the fast paced life. And I've heard a lot of missionaries say that when they come back, they look and they're like, I can't even make a decision on what cereal to buy because there's 150 different options. And I used to having four options, you know, so like small things like that are just overwhelming. But you recently talked on Instagram about, I'm, I'm just gonna read what you said, okay? You said, living in a different culture has definitely changed the way I view things, including the gospel. Uganda taught me a way of hospitality that is not contingent on your house being in order or having an elaborate meal prepared, but inviting people into what you have to offer. The slowness and intentionality we learn in Uganda, where relationships are valued above time is something we are striving to include in our lives in Nashville. And so I just would love to hear about that because I think a lot of us can relate to part of that, but not all of it, We mm-hmm. can relate to the fast paced life. Yeah. But I would go out on a limb and say that most of us in America haven't experienced what you and your family lived for 15 years. And so I would just love for you to talk about A, how you're kind of wrestling through that and B, help us out a little bit us, you know, Americans yeah. as to what can we do to incorporate some of that into
1: our lives. Right. Yeah, I mean, that has been such a wrestle, uh, for us because it is so easy. You feel like you let your guard down and you could just get swept away into this really fast pace. And, um, so it has, it's been a struggle, but I do feel so, so privileged that we got to live in Uganda and experience it for so long because otherwise I wouldn't know what I was missing, right? Like I would just think, that this is normal. And I remember, honestly, when I first moved to Uganda, the slow pace of life was so frustrating to me. And just like, because it had been built into me that we have to go, 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 and do, do, do. And we have to accomplish and we have to achieve and we have to like... I don't know, just cram. We want to cram so much yeah. into our days, right? And I remember a couple years ago, I don't even remember who I was listening to, but I was listening to a sermon and he said, God's will for your life fits inside the capacity that he has given you. And I was mm-hmm. just like, what? Oh. what? You know, because all the things that I'm trying to do in my day, and for so many of us, like the things that we're trying to do, they are good things. Right. And because they are good things, we think like, we have to do them or we should do them. But like, no, God has given us capacity. If he wanted us to do more things, he would have made the days longer. Like we don't yeah. need to just be stuffing our days so full of all the different stuff, even if it is good stuff. Right. And so um, – yeah and I think in Uganda, I, I don't love generalization, so this is this is one. this is just kind of generally speaking, of course, it's not true for all Ugandans or all Americans, but I do think that in America, generally speaking, we view time as one of our most precious commodities, and so we put time over relationships a mm. lot. and in Uganda, time isn't viewed as a very valuable commodity because not everything is very efficient. And so you just can't get that much done in the day. And because you can't get that much done in the day, there's not the expectation that you would get that much done yeah. in the day. And so relationship becomes more important than time and what you're achieving and what you're mm-hmm. accomplishing. And so if somebody comes to your door as you're headed out to do something else You have the freedom to go like, hey, you want to come in? You want a cup of tea? In fact, you're expected to do that. And then if you're a little bit late to the next thing, uh, nobody probably really minds. Whereas here, I mean, I would do it. Do this day, Like if my neighbor came over and I was on my way out to a meeting, I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I have to go. I'm late to a meeting. Mm-hmm. And like my neighbor wouldn't even be offended because they would right. understand that the time is so valuable. And so um for us, honestly, it's looked like having to learn to say no a lot to good things so that we can do the things that matter the most to us and so that we can really cultivate relationship and invite people into our space. I think too, um, we learned in Uganda, Ugandans just on a whole are so, so hospitable, so gracious. They invite you into their homes It doesn't matter if it's planned. In fact, it's probably never planned. No matter what kind of food they have, they offer it to you. And so I think I just learned this way of life of having people in and out of our home all the time and just offering what we had instead of what I see here is like, okay, we've got to plan it in advance. And then we've got to make sure the house looks a certain way. And then we've got to make sure the food is a certain way. And so I've just really challenged myself to practice saying like, Hey, do you want to come for dinner tonight? And like, we might have leftovers and we might order pizza and we'll probably eat it on paper plates and the house isn't clean. But like people aren't coming for the food. Anyway, I, I sent know. a message to a friend that we haven't seen in like a year. They came over for dinner this past weekend and I sent her a message and was like, hope you're coming for the company and not the food. Cause I don't know what we're having yet. But like, She didn't care. And I think it's funny because we all hear that and know that like I wouldn't care if a friend invited my family over and didn't have it all put together. I wouldn't mind. And yet I think we feel that pressure to like present ourselves a certain way. And so some of it is just practicing like, yep, I'm going to have you over. And I'm not going to be dressed in anything other than my sweatpants. And I'm not going to have this elaborate meal prepared for you. And the kids are going to be loud and crazy and like – that's okay because we need we need the relationship more than we need to achieve and accomplish and make it look a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time because messes happen because
0: I, I love that. And I can see how so many people when they did show up at your house and you had sweatpants on and pizza would be like, Oh, I could actually do this, you know, and so there's this tension that we hold of like, Oh, I want to invite people over, but I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to give them my best. But I think we have to maybe even recapulate what is our best, you know, like even that idea of like, Oh, well, I don't have my best stuff ready. But what if the thinking switched to like, I am my best. Like, I am the best. Yeah. Not in like a weird way, but you know what I mean? Like, our family, our people, that's what the best is. That's what we can offer. I love that. And I think that a lot of people um, want that, Katie. Like, they're like, they're listening and they're like, yes, yes, yes. And I think it just takes making that scary first step that it is kind Mm -hmm. of scary sometimes, but it's that first text to a friend that says, like, hey, do you want to come over tonight? Like, we're having leftovers. And then the person be like, yes, I would love to.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: Um, speaking of Uganda, you and I are traveling to Uganda together Yay! this summer. I can't wait. I can't wait either. In fact, I was—I told you that I've been to Uganda one time and I was looking back and I think it was in 2017 or 16 even. I think, I mean, it was, it was a while ago. And so I'm super, super excited. Uh, but we're going to go back and we're actually going to be partnering with um, your ministries there. So I would love for you to tell us what you guys do so that everyone yes. can know about it.
1: Yeah, awesome. So many, many years ago, I got to help found a ministry called Amazima. Amazima is the Luganda word for truth, and so that name just came from really wanting the people that I was in relationship with to know the truth of Jesus and just um, his love for them. And so I started out by just sponsoring kids to go to school. Uh, School fees are really expensive in Uganda, and it's really hard for families to be able to send their children to school. Um, So I started out by just sending kids to school, really hoping that by paying for their school fees, they wouldn't be in a situation where they had to go and live at an orphanage and be separated from their families in a lot of communities in Uganda and in East Africa. um, The orphanage model is kind of one of the only... It's it's the only aid really available, mm. and so people choose to send their kids to an orphanage not because they don't want them, not because they don't love them, but because they can't really afford to take care of them, and the Ugandan government's doing a great job and making a huge push to kind of move away from that model, so that's really, really good, um, but started just paying for some kids to go to school, kind of providing for their basic needs, food medical care, we would do little Bible studies together. And that just grew and grew and grew and grew. Um, Today we have two different schools, a primary school and a secondary school. And we've got over 600 kids at both campuses. We've got a huge staff of amazing, amazing people that run the schools. And so um, our goal is just discipleship, making disciples of Jesus through education, authentic relationships, and strengthened communities. So we do the schools for for the kids, and we really put a big focus on discipling these kids as they come to our schools, and then we do a lot of just training and economic strengthening for their parents and their grandparents just so that we can kind of... Um, be an encouragement to the entire community and not just to the students. And so super excited to go over there. I get to, we're back in the States, but I still work for Amazima and do a lot of stuff stateside. So I get to go back several times a year and just be with our staff there and encourage them. Um, And man, they're just so awesome. God has brought us really, really, really good people who are continuing the work, but I'm excited to go back and visit with you.
0: Okay. I'm excited for so many reasons. I'll tell you just a couple. A, I get to hang out with you um, uh, for like a more concentrated time. Like we got, we were together this past uh, spring at like two different conferences, but you know, conferences are like blah, 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 busy. So I'm excited to hang out with you for an extended amount of time. I'm excited to go back to Uganda. I'm excited to be a part of everything, but Katie, I'm going to tell you what I'm really excited about. Okay. Are you ready? Is that I'm, ready. I'm bringing my daughter and yes! you're bringing your daughters <laughs> yes. and they like hit it off last time they were together. And so my mama heart is so happy.
1: Yes, me too. And I'm just excited. It's been fun for our girls um, to have some friends from here sometimes go and get a glimpse into their life there. And so they just they love to show their friends around and, and let them try all the funny foods and just different things. So it's gonna be really, super fun.
0: I'm excited. The last time our girls were, to, well, the only time they've ever been together was we were at Therefore, uh, an amazing conference that I get the joy to be a part of. And um, we were having dinner at the last night. And your girls and my daughter, like they started singing and playing on the piano. And it was like, we've got like a girl band going on here. It yes. was so much fun. It was so cute. So um, she's really excited. And it'll be her first time, not out of the country, but it'll be on the first time to see a different like... We've gone to Italy on vacation and Mexico on vacation. And so I'm super, super excited to be able to show her um, another beautiful part of the world as well. So yay for Uganda this summer. Uh, Katie, I am so excited about your book coming out next week. You guys, safe all along, trading our fears and anxieties for God's unshakable peace. And you said this earlier in the show, and I want to say that I'm really excited to read this book knowing that you're not going, you guys... I have zero anxiety. Like I am <laughs> on the other side. I live a very 100% peaceful life. But you're saying, I'm walking through this with you. And I just want you to know that I think that that's important as people step into this book and this conversation to know that they're not alone because yeah. it can feel super alone sometimes when you're struggling with anxiety um, and the, the hope that we have through Jesus is is true for us all the time whether we have our anxiety under control or whether it is raging and we're fighting it every single moment of every single day and so excited about your book speaking of books i want to hear what are you reading these
1: days jamie wants to know jamie wants to know we want to know what you're reading Okay, I am reading a couple different things. I'm reading The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, which is a favorite of a lot of people. And again, I'm hoping that it kind of will be another tool in my toolbox to fight against just the go, go, go that I feel in this context.
0: I read that last summer for the first time. I was late, like you're kind of, we're both late on it. I'll just say that. Late to the game. Uh, We're both late to the game. (laughs) But I read it last summer when I was on sabbatical, and I determined that I want to read it every single summer. Yes. So I, I like have it. a
1: friend that's reading it with me now, but she's reading it for like the fourth time because she does yes. it once a year. Yep. So I'm reading that. And then I am reading a book that I go back to over and over again. It's, it's a super old book. It's called Hind's Feet on High Places. Um, and it's a, it's an allegory. It's like a fictional story, but basically the character called Much Afraid might as well be me. Ugh. She's like anxiety and fear personified and it's her walk with the shepherd, who is obviously the character who's Jesus, and so um, yeah, I, I feel like it's not—it's not like a popular book, but I go back to it over and over again because much afraid is on this journey um, mm. to get up the mountain and to get to the high places with Jesus, and she has to—you know—self pity comes along and try, is to distract her, and fear comes along and tries to distract her, and so it's just really. I'm just reading through it slowly every night a little bit, but it's just really encouraging for my heart.
0: I love that so much. I just wrote it down because I think it would be encouraging for my heart as well. Yeah. Um, Katie, it is always a joy um, yeah. to have you on the happy hour and I'm glad we got to hang out today and congrats on your book.
1: Thank you. Yeah, and I'll I'm see excited. You this,
0: I'll see you this summer in Uganda. You know, I'm not saying that every day, but I'll see you this summer in Uganda.
1: Yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Jamie.
0: You guys, I want to tell you this real quick before we finish up the show is when Katie was talking about scripture memory, it made me think of something that I'm a super big fan of, and that is dwell differently. Now I've talked about dwell before. In fact, they were a part of our holiday gift guide this last year. My daughter's story and I just talked about them on an Instagram story because we get their stuff and love it. But dwell differently helps people memorize God's word. So they have scripture designs each month to help you memorize one Bible verse every single month. It's really, really great. They take the first lesson of each word and then make it into a little design and so they put that design on temporary tattoos on a print on a key tag and then they mail them to you at the beginning of each month so every time you see the design you remember the bible verse creating a simple lifelong life-giving habit the one that they just recently have was the march tattoo and it was from james 122 and it says do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says james 122 they make these tattoos also for people with darker skin. So my daughter loves it because they make white tattoos to go on her dark skin. You guys check them out, dwelldifferently.com for all the information. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive produced by Jamie Ivy, produced by Lindsay Sweeney, edited by Angie Elkins, show notes by Nikki Ogden, art by Jen Jet Barrett, original music by Matt Graham, and I'm your host Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend.